1: Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. A T and T. Ryan and Anian. Ford Flexes are kind of a
2: weird vehicle, aren't they? They, they, you look at them, they look like a coffin with four wheels. They're that square body thing. Cause like us!
0: The car doctor i don't mind getting an oil change every six months i just
2: want if somebody told me i was dumb to do that no I'm i don't
0: think you're at all up. i think you're smart welcome to the radio home of ron and Anian the car doctor since 1991 this is where car owners the world over turn to For their definitive opinion on automotive repair if your mechanics giving you a busy signal pick up the phone and call in the garage doors are open but i am here to take your
2: call at 855-560-9900 and now here's ronnie hey 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 Welcome to another great hour of Car Doctor Radio, and uh, we thank you for joining us this hour. You will not be disappointed. Um, there's a lot of information out there uh, when it comes to dealing with automobiles. We know that. There's information about what's going on, what's new. There's information about how to repair them and the coming trends and the changes, and it just seems probably by the time I get done with this conversation, another 5,000 pages of information will have to be uh, printed or digitized or, or, or brought to market and uh, be in every evolving, every changing industry. That's what this is about. This hour, we're going to sit down with President Satwinder Mangat. He's the president of All Data. Uh, We've never talked to a president before, so we're kind of excited. We've had a lot of people on the show, but we've never had a president. So uh, this is a big deal for us. We're very excited to have him. He's taking time out of his busy weekend, and we're glad to have him here with us today. Satwinder, welcome to The Car Doctor. We're so happy and proud to be with you today.
3: Thank you, Ron, and uh, appreciate you uh, bringing me on the phone, and also the great to be part of the show.
2: Well, we're 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 so happy. Um, you were at SEMA recently. I'm going to dive right into it, if I can, because uh, you know there's a lot I want to talk about with you. You were at SEMA at the, the show just this past November, November 22, and you had some really great comments and insight. Uh, truth be told, I, I I got the idea for this by reading you know the all data news copy that i get every month and um just your thoughts uh you know i'd like to just go through the the article itself if that's okay with you and if there's anything you'd like to add of course but you know right off the bat somebody had asked you what your key takeaways were from the 2022 sema show can you can you highlight that for the listeners
3: yeah definitely uh, ronnie i think Ronnie ron um, we attend the SEMA every single year. Last two years, we didn't go there uh, right. because of the COVID and pandemic situation. So this time means that we have a booth. We usually have a good booth. We It's a selling show for us. We sell a lot of products during the show. But what I saw watching that SEMA, walking around, talking to customers, talking to the car uh, owners and, uh, and the enthusiasts who are looking for the new designs, that it felt like that we are back to pre-pandemic level. There was a lot of excitement, a lot of new car designs. Attendance was also, I believe, 135,000 or close to maybe 20-30% more than last year. Right. Uh, but looking into, I think more excitement to me was that there's so much innovation going on in the industry, uh, whether it's looking at the car designs, whether looking at the new technologies coming in. So I feel like our our industry is booming. Our industry is in a good place with the new innovation coming from. And so all things were good when you look at the industry auto aftermarket, and also the car when you look at the car, I look at a car as the if you if you think of this that this may be the second most expensive transaction that a person is going to do after the house right a- absolutely now, there can be plenty of other ones too, right but most most of them will be the second biggest one, so it's pretty interesting for everybody to look at their cars, what it provides. It's not only a mobility tool now, it's not only the like a vehicle that takes you from A to B. But it's becoming much more than that.
2: Oh, it's a, it's a major investment, so, right? I mean, you can you can spend a hundred thousand dollars on a car today without even trying. Uh, you know, it's it's exactly, not it's, it's exactly. not impossible. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, yeah. they they say exactly in that order: house, car, and kids. And kids are slowly, with the price of a college education, I think kids are sort of nosing out cars in some cases. Uh, uh, but yeah, you're yeah. you're you're absolutely right on the money.
3: Yeah, and for me, to me, if you look into the car these days, it means you have the autonomous features in there. You have a lot of ADAS systems in there too, and it's becoming like that you can use your car while you're driving to work or someplace else, make phone calls, like take other things, uh, hands off. Right? You don't need to be put on the hand, your cell phone close to your ear. There are plenty of things in the car that makes like a working office. I make many calls during that my. Uh, commute from A place to B place, right? So right. there's plenty of things. And as you get more autonomous, as you get more features in there, it's going to give you more mobility and also those kind of features.
2: E- ADOS has exploded, right? Um, it, 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 yep. uh, automated driver assist systems. It's it's just every new car now has ADOS in it. And you actually quoted that. You, I'm quoting you. You're, you said that in the, in the article regarding SEMA. How do you deal with that at all data? You know, to keep up with that information—that's just such an enormous task, right?
3: That's right. And uh, I mean, just to give a first on all data side, we publish OEM content, OEM repair procedures, repair and diagnostic business as we get from the the OEMs, right? Which is manufacturers, right? So our goal is to get that information to car owners or our shops, which are our customers, as soon as we get from the OEM. So that's what our number one goal is. So we want to make sure those cars are fixed properly based on OEM specifications. So that's our number one objective in there. When you're looking into more and more ADAS systems coming in, uh, all those things, OEM is providing that information. So we are bringing that information to make sure our Uh, the DIYers, which are the car owners, if they want to fix their own cars, or the shop owners get that information quickly. In our product, in all data product, we, I think a couple of years ago, we did publish ADAS Cook specifications. So if you are in our product and you want to fix a car, we we are providing ADAS Cook specifications that you can look at that and to see what else do you need to take care of while you're fixing one thing which may be the bumper or any anything that you look at which has the ADA systems. what do you need to calibrate? What do you need to do other things to make sure your car functions properly based on OEM specifications? So our goal is to get that information to our technicians, to our DIYs, as soon as we get it.
2: You know, it's funny, right? 50 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, we'll go back 50 years. 50 years ago, we were worried about how to adjust a choke pull-off on a carburetor. 30 years ago, we were yep. talking fuel injection and feedback O2 sensors. And, and 10 years ago, we, we thought the industry had peaked in a way of technology because it was all high-duty, high-control fuel injection. ADAS is here. And ADAS just presents challenges for the auto industry every day, just keeping up with the, the demand for information and the way it's changing. And all data does rise to that occasion, obviously, so well. Uh, you yep. know, and, and then we've got EV vehicles. Right, and that's the next yep. evolution. And then, you know, you just can't. Well, you just can't wait for the OE to provide that to you. You still got to have a way to index it and categorize it, and it's got to be an ongoing, ever-growing situation um, to keep up with demand. It's it's a full-time job, right? Beyond a full-time job, I would think.
3: That's right, and I think you picked up the right point. So, first thing is, we have a I means a big team that we get con- uh, content from the OEMs, we then transform them. We don't change anything. We publish as it is, but we have to change it to our taxonomy based on all the OEMs so that they, we can search information in one standard way. Then we just do the conversion so that all the links and other things are within the document. So we have new technologies that we can publish that content almost every day if you need to. Right. Uh, so that, that so technology plays a role. Our commitment to our customers, to our owners, plays a role because we have very strong commitment. With the strong commitment, we focus on delivering that content as soon as we can. And definitely, I think, as you mentioned, that it's not—it's uh, more than full-time job because the, not only that. OEMs provide that information, but they are also providing information in different formats, right? It can be JPEG, it can be just PDF, it can be the HTTP, it means all the HTML. So, we have to work on those, making sure we can publish that content in a reasonable standard format. So, our teams work on those, and our commitment to, as I mentioned many times, is to make sure our customers, whether those are shops and the car owners, get the information right when they need it, as long as OEM provides to us.
2: Yeah, and they it's its just incredible how quick you actually bring it to market because it seems to show up within, you know, I, I've seen 2023 information out there already. Um, so you, they, yep. they, the teams bring it to market really well. We're going to pull over and take a pause, sat Winder. When we come back, I want to put this bug in your ear. You're a body shop. The car gets hit in the front. It's not just replacing or repairing a bumper anymore, is it? I want you to talk a little bit about that and and, and what's involved with that and why a body shop needs information, too, and and, and some of the complications they run into. So let's do that. Let's pull over, take a pause. We're here with President Satwinder Mangat of All Data. I'm Ron and The Car Doctor. We'll both be back right after this. Don't go away.
1: at purdueglobal.edu Whether it's a little red Corvette
0: or a Hugo, you've come to the right place to get that car fixed. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. 855-560-9900 Now, back to Ron.
2: Hey, 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 I'm back. Ron and Amy and the Car Doctor. We're here, we're here with President Satwinder, Mangut of all data. Satwinder, when we pulled away, we were, you know, I left you with that thought regarding body shops and a bumper, right? A simple bumper repair. Yep. Maybe 15, 20 years ago, that was pretty simple, right? Uh, but now, uh, you know, a modern car, a more modern car, a newer car, gets, gets a bumper hit. There's a lot of complications there. What's What What can they reasonably expect? What's involved?
3: Yeah. Bro, as you said, Ron, Means the, if these are just a mechanical parts, this was like 10, 15, 20 years ago, It's much easier. You learn from your dad. You learn from somebody else. Now you know the mechanical thing. You can pull it out and you can put it there. You can put the new one in. But as you mentioned, these days every car has a system. So let's take on the bumper side, they may have a sensor on it, they may have a camera on it. So when you take it off and both of those cameras or sensors are not just on the bumper, they're talking to something else in the car. Right. Uh, they're communicating that information back to someplace, right? Saying, okay, I have a, somebody in front of me or I have something else going on and then your car takes action and sh- show you all the b- warning signals. So when you have to replace the bumper, uh, you have to make sure that you then take care of calibration of those cameras or sensors so that they can talk back still to the to the car processor, or let's call the car brain, where it's showing up, right? And if you don't do that, then what's going to happen? Now, if, if there's even a point... One degree calibration different, the cameras are looking someplace else or something else. you can get into an accident and, mm, and, because and, they're not calibrated properly, they're not reset properly. That's right, so it's- right, and so it becomes so important these days, although I meet with many people in the in the car technicians who there i know I know they'll say I know how to fix it, but yes, you know, but the industry has changed cars have changed, so make sure you're fixing it. Uh, not to just put a new bumper in there, but you're calibrating, you're resetting it so that car sends information back and you're safe.
2: You know, I think ADAS has changed the industry more than most people realize. Back to your point, if they paint the bumper and then put a sensor in, you know, they have a little, if, you look, if everybody looks at their bumper of a modern car that has that little round plastic sensor sticking in the bumper, if the thickness of the paint yep. is too much on the bumper... It will offset that sensor and affect how it operates. You know, there's, there's just it's, it's, right. it's, it's, not even just is the bumper on straight. It's, it's down to the thickness mm-hmm. of the paint being sprayed on the bumper, and they need information now. Last year in 2022, I'm going to blow your horn. Okay, all data one, mm-hmm. uh, all data's ADOS quick reference tool received two industry awards. You guys were the cutting edge with P10, uh, which is one of the trade magazines. You won the P10 Innovation Award and the SEMA New Product Award. All right. Because of the ADOS quick reference tool that you've developed and included in all data now, Uh, you know, when you were developing that, did you have certain goals? And now that the tool is out there, has it has it met those goals? Has it exceeded your demand? Are you guys happy with it? Are you are you tweaking it even more for the future?
3: Yeah, definitely. I I think first thing, it's a great team effort. So when we start looking into ADAS systems coming in more and more, and we start hearing from our technicians that this is what they're looking for. They need a quick specification where they can look into quickly instead of going through the whole repair procedures. So we did produce that, and I think team did a wonderful job. And uh, I think a, a lot of interest when I was in SEMA from... The car owners and the shop and the technicians too. right they were looking into some information, so now our goal is again to as I mentioned that we will continue to evolve those as the information evolves. We will continue providing more information keep continue to make it simple and uh, we are seeing from our side, we are very happy that uh, the usage is pretty high, so that means our technicians which are many hundreds and thousands, they're looking into that information and using it. Again, our goal is to provide the information, right information, so that we can keep the car owners and fix the car properly based on the OEM standards, And that helps, like, safety-wise, too, right?
2: Right. You know, it's, it's, it's just so important. I don't think people realize. We had a, um, we had a call on the show about a year ago. A woman from Florida, her, her windshield was cracked. Now, she had, mm-hmm. she had Subaru ADOS, um, and they put a windshield in the car. And unfortunately, her husband, who knew better, said, no, I don't want to pay for a calibration and never had a calibration done. And she called into the mm-hmm. show, and she's explaining to me that as she's driving along, the car would veer, it would pull, it would do all these crazy things and just react as if somebody else was driving the car. And I thought about it and actually what happened was full disclosure my wife it was around Thanksgiving my wife had made turkey with gravy and as I'm putting gravy on my turkey on at the Sunday dinner my glasses steamed up and it dawned on me and I called her back and I got her back on the show and I explained to everybody what's going on is they they changed the windshield that changed the opacity or the clear the clearness of the glass the ADOS system needed to be calibrated. One, she got the system calibrated, solved the problem. Two, she straightened out her husband. He doesn't tell her how to fix the car anymore. So I don't know. It wasn't a good or a bad thing, but uh, you know, ADAS is a big safety issue, and and that's where and why things like the quick reference and the information that you're bringing to market just play such a huge role. And you know we've got we've got to accept that um, there's there's no more cheating, right? Um, you made a comment at SEMA that ADAS is preventing modification of vehicles, right? Lifted vehicles to to modify suspensions, and you know it's it's how will that alter the future of the industry five years from now? Will there be um, off-road suspension kits will there be ways to lift the vehicle will there be ways to modify you know we even question will you, we be able to put in um, you know factory radios uh you know or, or change the factory radio and put in a non-factory radio um, you know if, if if it's at all possible so um, let's pull over take a pause um, uh you know but before we go I want to leave you with this thought um, sat winder if I can um, Do you see, you know, does all data have changes or plans in the future for quick reference? Um, How are you going to, I want you to think a little bit about while we're we're away on the break, how are they going to incorporate electric vehicle information? Um, And is it going to change, I'm trying to think of how to put this delicately, is it going to change it with the way things cost? I mean, information costs the OEs, they're going to charge you more, you've got to change your pricing. Is there going to be a different approach? Can you see shops? Well, maybe they don't do EVs. They'll only pay for internal combustion information engine, information, information. Um, you know, and then will, will they be able to get EV information? So just food for thought. Think about that. When we come back, we'll, uh, we'll talk about it. I'm Ron Anani and The Car Doctor. We're back right after this. Don't go away.
0: Enjoy
1: at Edu. Welcome
2: back. Ron name the car doctor, here with Satwinder Mangut of All Data, president of All Data. Satwinder, you know, where I think I was going with those questions and thoughts before the break was, you know, I read an article recently that talked about how repair shops are, some repair shops are peaking out, is the way they described it. Meaning some aren't just going to work on electric vehicles. Some aren't going to work on ADAS vehicles. They're going to limit and stop and just work on, you know, vehicles 2015 and older or 2025 and older and so forth. Do you see a day when all data might, you know, separate the information? Here's our EV information. Here's our newer cars. Here's our older cars. Uh, Does something like that happen with information? do, Do you just give it all out the way you've been doing it and let the shop decide?
3: Yeah, good question, Ron. Uh, from the business side, I think we will go wherever our customers want us to go. If that's important to them, then we'll figure it out. Uh, right. We'll figure it out what makes sense to our customers, right, if we need to separate that thing. Again, separation is, if, uh, as you know, as you mentioned earlier on, that EV uh, population will continue to grow. Right as as we get into next 10, 15 years, uh, so there will be more and more cars. So if you're going to work on the older cars, which is going to be kind of at the end of their life cycle, so then then I'll question that also. That are you planning to stay in the business for longer too? Right. So, I would say these shops, thinking through separation, I would say think through not separating those two, thinking through, as you will say, having the right tools, providing the right advice, and working with your customers so that you can be in the business instead of just giving up on the EV side of it. EV is an EV, right? It's okay. It's a, it's a car. It may have less components. It may have less complexity, too, uh, from that mechanical portion. But I wouldn't say, again, I I will go where our customers want us to go. Right now, we don't have any plan to separate that information. We will continue to publish the EV information as we get from uh, the manufacturers. Right? Right. So we will continue as part of our package at right. this point.
2: Right. You know, the article also pointed out and talked about the technician shortage. And um, one of the things that it had brought up was, that because of the technician shortage and and shops are getting older, right? And you know yep. a lot of yep. listen. I sit in the AAC certifications every year, and you know we're all we've all got gray mm-hmm. hair now. <laughs> you know there's very few kids coming in, and I sit there and I look around and I say, where is the future? Where's that next level and that next generation of technician uh, to come into this business? And I think we're 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 in a funny spot. You know, I look at some of the new stuff that's comes up, and you mentioned this in, in your SEMA conversation. You talked about CASE, right? Connected, autonomous, yep. shared electric vehicles. And I think, you know, will yep. an independent shop gear up to fix that? And what will that cost be? So that's where the article was talking, and then it referenced, you know, dividing up the information. Talk to us about CASE vehicles, if you could, Satwinder. Explain, to that. Explain that to the audience, if you would.
3: No, definitely. I think uh, this, this is where uh, I think our conversation re- re- around, earlier on going in there to connect it. So as the car technology changes and evolves into new, new things of EVs and other things, so connected, more autonomous, these cars will be talking to each other. Right. that's what hard, It's becoming more technology. You have more 100 million-plus lines of code now in the car, which is supercomputers and supercomputers into, built into those now. Right. Uh, so your cars are talking to each other. They're going to be driving because of all these ADAS systems on their own. With your support, I think there are multiple levels you can think of as the autonomous vehicles. Right now, we are not in the... Uh, totally autonomous side, although there are vehicles. But I think uh, to get to that stage, we need to do multiple things. But connected when the cars are talking to each other, autonomous is when can car can drive on its own. And then shared is another one, which is, do we, do I really need to own the car? Can I have the shared kind of, uh, like you have the rental car, right? So it's it's a similar model that you can share that, I can go pick up my car and move on. I don't need to own the car. Uh, It's a shared vehicle based on certain contractual obligations that we have. And then electric, I think electric, you know, electric, uh, there's no, it's it's good for everything. I mean, when you look at electric, I I think uh, we are early in the adoption cycle. Uh, we need to still figure out our infrastructure, the batteries, the charging station, the range anxiety. All those things are going to play out over the time, and it's going to get better. But it's good for climate, too. But at the same time, I would say it's going to be evolving over time. It's not going to happen within five years or six. It becomes like a little bit more political sometimes, statements. But we need to build our infrastructure along the way. I trust are people that they will make the right decision when the time comes for them. So they will move towards electric when the time comes in. Uh, but these case cards, connected, autonomous, shared, electric, is the future. And uh, our shops are, uh, I would say, both the owners too. We need to continue to learn that thing. As I think you mentioned someplace in there too, Tools are important. Uh, It's very critical to have the right tools to fix the car properly. Very important things. Training is important. Uh, It's not going to happen just to learn from somebody. You have to continue learning. So uh, not only that you know how to fix a car, but you need to computer skills too, uh, so that you can understand what do I need to properly diagnose and then properly fix the car Uh, so all these things the lawsuits legislations all other things will play a role in there too because if you're not able to fix the car properly or you if you are fixing your own car if you don't fix it then there's a safety concern too uh, so all these things I, I i'm not i'm optimistic i feel like uh, our industry is evolving which is a good thing and as industry evolves instead of running away and saying well, i'm going to only do this or that learn it use the proper tools uh, respect tools, as you will say, in many things, right? And then working on those. Uh, and the older generation, the earlier, which are expert now, they call expert. And the new generation has comes in. They're going to be using more and more technology uh, to fix it. But I think our bigger problem, as you talked about labor shortage, I think that's where we need to bring in that younger generation. Into the workforce, into fixing the cars, and only way to do it is make it attractive, provide right. the training, right, and and get them on the boat, right,
2: and and, and provide them, you know, with with you know the ability to, to make money. Let's face it, there, it's it's we, yeah. everybody's got to eat, and um, it, you know, yeah. it's 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 a problem And the technology now. You know, I think about it all the time. A young kid comes out of trade school, uh, he'll be he'll be thirty five, forty thousand dollars in debt after two years then he's got to go buy a toolbox and some basic tools and he's he's going to spend probably 25 30 grand there. You're 100 grand into this industry and you haven't even fixed one car yet. Uh, you know, That's you right. can you can go down and be a plumber and and learn the trade, 20 bucks an hour and you're using the tools that your grandfather used 80 years ago. Uh, you know, and it's That's a, a boiler still a boiler, so it's um you know, it's 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 interesting we'll yeah. see where it goes satwinder when we come back this will be our, our last pause but when we come back I want to talk a little bit I know you've had conversations you were you were talking about the use of robots to repair cars if we can if you could touch on that a little bit for the audience and then uh, maybe talk about some of the challenges you see coming forward in 2023 and um we'll 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 round out our conversation there so stay tight stay put I'm Ron Aney and the car doctor here with satwinder mangot of all data and we'll both return right after this don't go away
1: at purdueglobal.edu.
2: Welcome back. Ron the car doctor. We're here today with Satwinder Mangat of All Data. He's the president of All Data. We're happy to have him here with us this hour. Um, Satwinder, when we pulled away for the pause, um, robots, is, is the day coming when a robot is going to fix somebody's car?
3: Still a long way Ron, I means, but definitely it's coming at some point in near future. Not too far, uh, in the near future there will be a day. not doing all the repairs, but I, I I can envision some of the simplest repair that you can use the guidance uh, guided diagnostics uh, right. to do that. I mean, Ron, look at this uh, from the fundamental level. We have almost more than. We talk about labor shortage. We have more than 4.5 million jobs still available. We don't not finding. It's not. It's an entire industry, right? Not only the technician side of it, but total our uh, workforce. When that's the problem, business is going to start looking for more automation, right? And the robots is going to play a role, right? And 20 years ago, when robots started coming, 30 years ago. People are scared, oh, it's going to take my job. No, it's not. It, it, if you look into the, the warehouses another place where a lot of robots are used at this time, it helps you. It elevates your job. It can do the simple task for you, and then you can focus on more better things to do. So it came into medicine, right? There are surgeries done by robots now. You, know, you can control it sitting someplace else. Uh, So, same thing will happen in the industry, too, in our industry, too, uh, where technicians, more complicated repairs, somebody sitting someplace can do those repairs using those robots. Uh, So, I think the time is coming. It's still, uh, I would say, it's not going to happen within a few years to maybe five. It's going to happen. Right. And it's going to start with simple basic repairs, and then it will continue to evolve. uh, Using that AI, which is artificial intelligence, which is also looking at AR, which is augmented reality, virtual reality, all those things combining, will make it easier to fix the car. So, yeah. to your earlier point, it's gonna be the new younger generation coming into the workforce enjoying that work because now they can use technology and still have a fun doing their repairs with right. the, some kind of guided. Diagnostic.
2: Yeah, and I can and I and I can see that. You know, that's there's augmented reality, there's virtual reality. I see the day when they're going to be wearing the goggles, and the all data information will be right in front of them. the The wiring diagram will be live, and they'll be tracing it out, looking at the car, and figuring out where they are. and As the information as you evolve, I've seen demonstrations of it where you're 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 looking at under the hood you're looking at the water pump and it knows you're looking at the water pump and it brings up here's how you change the water pump here's how you change the belt here's how you and it's it's right yep. there right in front of you and uh, you know the, the complexity of the car is 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 going to demand it uh you know i yep. I, I i think yep, that's definitely. there um you know so yep. that's uh that's what's going on there hey let's uh, let's pull over for one more segment if we could um i want you to think about this Real quick, and we're going to have a couple of minutes when we come back. The biggest challenge is, you know, facing the shops in 2023. If you had to sum it up, um, you know, what, what can they do? What should they be aware of? Uh, you know, and maybe some of the things that all that is doing to help counteract that you guys are one of the leaders in the industry, if not the leader. And uh, we, we, we look to you for answers <laughs> uh, for beyond information. We know you guys are taking the reins on some of these things. So whatever you can provide them with, we would appreciate it. I'm here with Satwinder Mangat of all data. I'm Ron in the car doctor. We'll both return right after this. Don't go away.
1: at PurdueGlobal. Global.edu. After six hours
3: of
2: school, I had enough for the day. I hit the radio
1: dial and turn it up all the way. I got a dance.
2: T- 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 Welcome back, Ron and Annie, the car doctor here with President Satwinder Mangat of All Data. Satwinder, I've got I've got three questions in four minutes, so let me let me knock them out for you. Um, the biggest challenge facing repair shops in 2023, in a minute, what are your thoughts? I think
3: yeah, two two challenges I would say. One is the shop profitability. They're looking at their cost. Is labor cost is going up? Their cost of tools are going up. Their the car complexity is going higher and higher. So they're concerned about their shop profitability, and that's why tools are very important to make sure. They use tools. They do the right information. They fix the car properly. They fix more cars because they, if they can use tool, uh, tools to make sure they reduce the cycle time. So that's one. The second one to me is the labor shortage. I was in uh, visiting customers last week too, and everybody that I talked to, they're running through the same problem. They don't have enough technicians. They don't. They don't know what to do. Many of them thinking of closing the shops. So this will be in their labor shortage but the only way to overcome that is to make sure you hire good people and if you hire if you have people provide them training use the right tools and uh, make sure you keep the customers happy from you're on the shop side uh, by fixing the cars properly
2: right so real quick and this okay four questions Um, 3d printing do you see the day when 3d printing oh we need to make this tool in the shop and we'll make the tool
3: uh, I think it's it's uh, as you know. I mean, the three D printing is evolving, and uh, and and you can go to your kind of a shop or some place which does the three D printing, uh, so that you can go get the tool. But there are more things involved in there. Right. So I think it is evolving. It's uh, a way off. Would every shop, yes, would every shop have 3D printers? No, no. but they will have a close by right. 3D printers where you can go and print it out. Right. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What will all data be focusing on in 2023? In a minute.
3: Uh, so, yes, and we are focusing on providing more predictive maintenance tools now. I think, uh, as I talked, we have more data than anybody else in the industry, both looking from all data and AutoZone perspective. So we're using that data to do some of the uh, insights, right? Providing insight: what's going what component is going to fail within 10,000 miles? What are the probable causes, and what can we help you? What part needs to be so uh, replaced? So we're getting information from our enterprise, from our customers and other places, and we're building those tools to help our technicians, whether uh, through the tools in there, we're connecting also the tools more and more. So right. predictive maintenance is our focus. We're going to do more on that. We're going to publish the content as soon as we can. And then we are going to connect these tools, which is scan tool, your shop management system, your repair information, your marketing into one so that it helps you to see the workflow and,
2: much better. And I'm, I'm going to give you 30 seconds to talk about all data find to fix because we didn't even touch on that. That's just such a neat feature. What is it?
3: Yeah, find a fix is, again, if you have a, uh, what we do in the find a fix is, if you need to find a fix for your problem, for the DTC code or something, we can provide you probable cause, which we pull from OEM information. We have 26, 27 million probable causes in find a fix now. We also pull uh, all the scans that we do using our scan tools and also scan tools that AutoZone Store does, which is more than 15, 20 million scans that we do. So we pull those information, we analyze that information in the data science, and then we provide uh, a reasonable uh, a reasonable user.
2: solution on what the problem and the fix could be. Sat yeah. Winder, we got to leave it there. I appreciate you taking the time today. It was great. I'm Ron Ananey and Anie in the Car Doctor, reminding everybody: good mechanics aren't expensive; they're priceless. See ya.